grace and peace to my family, to all the listeners out there tuning in to Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. I am so excited for a brand new episode. Um, we got such dope talent with us again tonight. Um, we actually have a duo. But um, before I get into that, I just want to, again, give a big shout out to all of our listeners, all of our viewers of Out the Box Talks. We um, are at episode 62. Uh, like I said, we got over the 60 hump and we're going to keep going. Every Friday, be sure to check Out the Box TV and our audio podcast because we'll have a brand new episode for you. As I said, I was going to make sure that I put video episodes up on the channel every week. So I'm going to continue with that. So if you have not subscribed to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button. All right. Um, also, go to our website, which is outtheboxmedia.com. Let me put up the banner real quick, outtheboxmedia.com. Please become a subscriber there. Uh, so I can keep you updated with all the good stuff we got happening. The subscribers usually are the ones to get the you get the the shows when they first come out. So I want to keep you updated with that. We also have a Patreon page called patreon.com slash out the box media. That's the URL. You can go to that. We have exclusive interview clips never heard before, only available to the Patreon subscribers. So these are interview clips that I've never put out publicly, right? Because it's only for the Patreon subscribers. You know, definitely go over there. There's a number of artists that I've recently interviewed that we have, you know, Patreon, you know, exclusive clips on the Patreon page. So go check that out as well. And as always, if you guys want to donate to the movement, to the Out the Box movement, you can also hit up hit us up at PayPal at paypal.me slash outtheboxmedia, or you can send your donations to our cash app. The cash tag name is um, cash tag outtheboxrep. So outtheboxrep, you can um, uh, hit us up there if you want to donate to our cash app, either through PayPal or cash app. You know what I mean? So I wanted to get that out of the way. Also, remember, our podcasts are on Spotify, right? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. All you got to do is search for Out the Box Talks and you can find our Out the Box Talks podcast there. All right. Um. So, yeah, man, I just had to get that out. Sometimes I forget to say that to the family. But if you guys can show that support, it's much appreciated. Any donation is grateful, right? From $2 to $5 to whatever you're willing to, you know, put up. I appreciate it will help, you know, some of the expenses that it takes for out the box, you know, so uh, definitely will go to support the content and what it takes to put the content out there and, the, you know, the expenses with that. So much respect to all of our viewers and listeners. As I said, we got a brand new show for y'all today. You know, I never let y'all down. I always bring a dope artist to the forefront. I also want to say, and I did say this last week, that it's important to note that when Out the Box does interviews with artists, we are focused on talent, right? I don't care if the artist has a hundred followers or a million followers, right? Like if the talent is there, 
if the music sounds good, if there's some level of creativity or conscious or thought-provoking lyrics, and I don't care what the age is neither, right? I don't care. Like, I don't discriminate. We out the box for a reason. We put it, if it's dope, if it's talented, if it's quality, you know, I want to put them on the show. So I say that to all the listeners. If there's somebody that you want to see on the show that you think really represents that quality, feel free to hit us up. You know, we're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. The, the the Twitter is Out The Box Media. The Instagram is Out The Box Media. And the Facebook is Out The Box Radio or Out The Box TV. All right, so make sure y'all hit those networks up. Send me a DM. And, you know, I want to hear what y'all want, like who y'all want to see. You know, as long as it's quality and creative or thought-provoking or conscious and just dope overall, I'm I'm interested to hear, all right? So, like I said, I'm not going to keep y'all waiting. I got two special guests in the studio with me tonight or in the remote studios. <laughs> um, they put out a brand new album called The Vibe Out, but they've been doing their thing for some years now, you know, but I really, really got wind of them with the release of this new album, which came out on February 11th of this year. Uh, again, the album is called The Vibe Out. And like I said earlier, they put out a project called The Balance of Power in 2017. One of them is actually hailing from Philadelphia, and the next one is from Milwaukee, right? And this is an MC producer duo, right? And how, how dope that is, right, that we're still getting really dope MC producer duos in hip-hop. So, like I said, man, without further ado, I want to welcome to our out-the-box viewing and listening audience, my homies, my brothers, representing Philly, and also Fate Nam, right? Uh, Fate, uh, Fateville, North Carolina. I forgot to say that. So, representing Philly, Fateville, uh, North Carolina, and also Milwaukee. Welcome to Out The Box Talks. Give a warm welcome to my brothers, Big Stacks and Nighttime. Welcome, welcome, welcome. All right. How y'all doing? What's good? Welcome to Out The Box. What's going on, man? What's going on, Krill? I'm good. I'm good. My brother MC Nighttime in the place. Yes, sir. How, how's it going, man? Where where y'all right now? Like where y'all where y'all based at this current moment? Well, you know, I think you said it before. I mean, Stax is you know is is located in the Philadelphia area. I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but I mean, we talk almost every day. So, you know, virtually we're, we're based virtually, right? We're yes. connected virtually. So, Indeed. yeah, man. So I definitely want to talk a lot about this new album the vibe out really really dope album it, it it represents that vintage boom bap sound that a lot of us have grown up listening to and i love the fact that you guys are able to stay true to that and produce in that element in 2021 you know so i definitely want to talk to y'all about that but um before we jump into the album i would like y'all to give the audience some insight on how you individually got started with hip-hop how did hip-hop become something that you guys wanted to pr pursue you know um musically hmm i guess i'd have to start with i 
I got into music not even being into hip hop, really. I, I was actually a drummer first and I was drumming first. And then I started DJing and got into electronic instruments. And that's what took me to eventually getting into sampling and, and that sort of thing. And so from drum machines, I moved to sampling. And then so it's really kind of DJing was my first foray into hip hop. But I really started from just playing drums and just being a musician in general and a record collector as a, as a kid. So I, it was kind of a natural progression from soul kind of moving over to more electronic music and then into hip hop. Dope. Yeah, for me, it was, uh, I was probably about 10 or 11 years old. And um, I was telling Stax a story a while ago. He didn't know, but I had this whack name and my name was Frost E. Trash, right? Complete garbage name. And uh, I had heard LL Cool J on the radio. He was rhyming and I was like, man, like it was, he was like the first MC that really, grabbed me like hey, how, how does a person like say stuff like this you know with with such charisma and just brashness and um i tried to write like cool j and it, it didn't work out so i think little by little what i would do is i would take like you know back in the day we had tapes and i would you know um i would record like my instrumental so you know back in the day moms had the house speakers the big floor speakers and I had like these little 12 inch tapes and I had instrumentals that I play on the floor speakers. And then on my little boom box, I would record myself rhyming to the instrumental and I would play it to like my friends in the neighborhood. And when I got a little bit better, my friends were like, that's not you. You're lying. That's not you. So I would just write rhymes, man. And then I got serious about it. Actually, when I went to college, I did like a talent show and I rapped over a KMD Peach Fuzz instrumental. And, uh, that's where it kind of took off for me. That's where I got kind of serious about it. Wow. What was the feedback like after rhyming over the Peach Fuzz instrumental? Like what, what, like what about that moment set it off for you? Because I feel like that moment is a special moment. Yeah, man. I was terrified, man. I was up there and I'm like, oh, my God. So they passed me the mic and I started rocking over that, over that Peach Fuzz beat. And man, it was rocking. I had the whole place rocking. And then after that, man, the girls was like, yo, what's up? You know, <laughs> but uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a great reaction, man. Um, you know, Cass was like, man, you, you know, you got skills, man. I, I, I like your stuff. So it gave me the confidence to, to really, you know, kind of take it more serious. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Stacks, I'm glad that you spoke about, you know, being a drummer, because I want to talk to you a little bit about that more later on. Uh, mm -hmm. But I'm glad that y'all, you know, gave a little insight that we always kind of like to let, you know, the, the listeners and the viewers know about the history before we jump off into the crux of the interview. So mm -hmm. tell me how the two of you came together to collaborate. Like, let's actually take it a little bit further. How did y'all first meet to even begin with? You want to take it off? Yeah, yeah. I was I was a regular at a, at a store on the west side in Milwaukee called Disc Man, and, and shout out to my man Katara used to work there. Um, he was a hip hop fan. I was as well. So I'd go in there, and I'd take in instrumental, you know, CDs. And he was playing music over over the um, system one day, and nighttime happened to be in there when he's playing one of my instrumentals, and he goes up to Katara and hey, what's that? Or oh, those are his beats. And then, you know, nighttime, you know, we, we start talking. He says he rhymes and, you know, I'm, I'm I got the usual uh, producer, big head. Like, OK, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. 
everybody raps. Until <laughs> 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 we went riding around in this car, you know, playing the CDs and he was rhyming over it. And bro has skills. So I'm like, okay, shoot, we need to, we need to get together then and, and make some music. So it was really just that. He heard the instrumentals, you know, he obviously had skills, and, and then we started working from there. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. You know, to Stax's point, man, I when I walked in there, you know, I was a regular and you know, and that this, you know, it's called this man. I walked in there and I'm I'm hearing these banging instrumentals, and I'm like, man, I gotta get that. I gotta get, I gotta have that. So yeah, so I saw him talking to his man at the counter and I was like, man, I want to buy that. He was like, no, nah, that's 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 me. That's my. <laughs> I made that, you know. So it was funny, man. But uh, yeah, man, I, I've been a, I've been a big fan of Stacks, man. Uh, since then, man, uh, ill dude, great ear for music, amazing, amazing dude, man. Wow, man, that's that's an ill story, man. Like when you think about how people come together, you never think that's it's in those situations, but. It's even more doper that y'all met in a space where like music is, you know what I mean? So that's pretty dope. So the project, as he said, is called the Vibe Out. Uh, earlier, I, I mentioned that it really has like this traditional '90s boom bap, boom bap sound. You know, I hear a lot of like the classic Pete Rock and classic Premier influence on the project. But I even hear a little bit of Ninth Wonder, Little Brother. Like I, I it's like I'm hearing these different influences. Um, I'm just curious to know. This question is for you, uh, Big Stacks. Like, where were you pulling from in terms of inspiration for this album musically? That's a good question. Um, I'd have to say nothing necessarily current i'd probably say i'd probably hearken it back to my mentors i mean I, my influences were um i mean i go back I'm, I'm a mantronics head i was i was into marley mall 45 king uh um africa baby bam uh prince paul and of course said g you know for the drums and so i guess my style would be kind of a a, a mix-up of all of those guys because you know you got horns in there you got drums you know, a lot of funk and soul to it, like the Marley Mall said G influence. So it's really that. It's not so much current stuff than just pulling from those elements and kind of letting the take letting the music take me where it takes me in terms of like sample chopping, that sort of stuff. So I kind of let the music tell me what to create and then I follow it from there. Dope, dope. I could dig it. I could dig it. And I and I and I hear those kinds of influences as well, like the the other names like Marley Mall and you know, the other names you mentioned. So I could definitely hear that as well. So what I really loved about this project is the fact that two brothers like yourself who are, you know, a bit older than the average youth hip hopper today could make a project and stay true to the original boom bap sound, you know. Um, so tell me, like, what motivates y'all to still create in this authentic way in 2021, despite the saying that hip hop is like a young man's game? Like y'all can still push forward in this day and age and still stay true to that boom bap sound. You know what I think for me, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of dudes out there who still appreciate this boom bap sound. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, there's actually a lot of young cats, man, that that are really on board with this sound. Um, you know, and I think a lot of times when you listen to radio, um, they'll kind of it's it, it's kind of like almost as if radio wants you to perceive that there's only one sound of hip hop and that the young and that the youth only want to hear one sound. But I mean, when you listen to cats like Davies or, you know, you hear like Nino Man or uh, Nick Grant. I mean, these are dudes that are spitters. You know, these dudes rhyme and they're young dudes. Um, yeah, you know, even your man Jay Nice, you know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, them dudes, dudes can spit, you know, and they have that, you know, they have that, those bars, you know, that are reminiscent of, you know, the era that I came up in. But it's almost as if it's like an upgrade a bit, you know, where they're kind of implementing kind of like the new, the new kind of the new stuff, you know, with some of the old stuff. So it was kind of refreshing for me as an older dude to hear that. Because one of the things that I didn't want to do is I didn't want to sound dated in terms of how my cadence was. Right. So it gave me an opportunity to kind of put my ear to the street and kind of, you know, pay attention to kind of what some of these dudes is doing and then kind of making sure that I polished up my game and that I was coming off fresh. So hopefully, you know, I conveyed that in this project. I'm so glad you said that, man. Like, I'm glad that you guys are still tapped in to what some of these younger brothers are doing. You know, um, because I feel sometimes there could be a divide, right, in, in terms of some of the older heads not checking for the new heads. And it, 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 it leads me to another question I wanted to ask y'all. I was actually going to leave this one for later on. But because it's like right on time, um, I'm a, I think I'm going to just go ahead and ask it. Um, hold on. Let me see. Where did I put? How did I recollect? You know what? Let me let me come back to it. I'm gonna come back to it because I want to ask it the right way. But uh, that's a great point because I want to come back to that. Now, Stacks, you are a professional drummer, as you said earlier. Talk about the production on the album. Like, talk to me a little bit more about that. How much of it was live instrumentation versus samples and electronic sounds implemented? Wow. Um, that's a, it's kind of everything. I'm one of those, I, I kind of let the music take me where it takes me. And so it'll usually begin with sample based stuff in terms of, um, like chopping a sample, maybe like a melody line. I might play a bass line over it on, on either on my live or on the Triton over there. I use a chord Triton extreme, um, play it. So there's, there's live chord lines on there course the cuts and all that so it's a mix of everything it depends on the it's really song dependent like a good good example would be like live your life is pretty much all originally played except for the drums and like a chopped up wah wah guitar the rest of it's all played so it depends on the song it's sample based as well as kind of chopped up drums samples so it's a mix of sampling live instrumentation and and oddly enough there, there are no live drums on it which you know maybe i'll get to that at some point but but I, you know, I chopped up the drums or either programmed them for the most part. But, but yeah, it's kind of a mix of everything, just wh whatever the song you know calls for. Uh, let me ask you, what um, what made you not want to go with the live drums with this project? I don't. Good question. Um, probably, probably just because I, I like the the gritty sound of the sampling. I guess it's because of the 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 the, the lo-fi you know, nature of the old records. I like that vintage gritty sound. So it's really that. Because actually these would probably sound 
probably too clean compared to the sound I'm going for. So I like the I like a little grit in the mix. And so I, that's why I love sampling. I love that sound. I could dig it. Let me just say I have no problem with it. But I was just curious as a drummer, you know, the reason for why you chose. But it makes a lot of sense. So um, another thing I wanted to ask you, Stax, is I feel like I hear you rapping about three times, if not maybe four, on the album. And it, it, it was crazy because, like, I had to kind of figure out which one was you. But after a while, I just figured out night nighttime was pretty much all over the record. You know, and I was like, okay, the other voice that I'm hearing is Big Stacks. Um, why'd you um, was it was there reasoning why you rapped a little less on this project? Like, give me um some insight on how you chose to show up on records when you did show up. I guess my, the main thing would be um, depending on the song. I mean, actually, I kind of called some out. Like, for example, Vibe. I literally said, "Hey, I want a verse on that," because because I rhyme too. So, but I'm in this, you know, in the group here, I'm primarily the producer, but I, I do rhyme. And, but, you know, it, when it comes to MC and that's, that's nighttime show. And, you know, I just come in to support when necessary, but no, really a lot of the times it, for the most part, it was either, Hey, I want a verse on that. Or like for rhymes, that was kind of, you know, kind of more of a concept I came up with and, 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 and nighttime supported on that one. So, but primarily my role is kind of supporting night in terms of the musical landscape you know the soundscape to fit what he's doing and so like i said me rhyming is just more of an occasional thing on on our projects i could dig it it makes a lot of sense i just wanted to ask it you know because i know i saw you show up a few times so my next question will be to you nighttime um and this will actually get into some of the songs on the album so I got a lot of questions for you, Nighttime, in terms of the lyrics. If you've watched any of my episodes before, I definitely get into the lyrics and some of the quotables in the music. So the first song, you guys probably going to laugh at this one, but the first song that I'm going to talk about is Gina, which, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, it's supposed to represent a guy who's a trick for a girl that's a gold digger. But tell me, how y'all even came up with the term? Is it an actual term that y'all use to refer to dudes like that? Like, give me a little history. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, it's a, it's a term that I that I made up. So, me and my man, me and me and my man, shout out to my man Rick Johnson. That's my that's my boy. We used to back in the day. We used to watch. Um, I can't remember this dude, man. He was on YouTube. He had like the Marvin Gaye picture. And he was he was always talking about like manginas, right? So he was talking about like simp dudes, and he had like a British accent, and he was like manginas and all this stuff. So I took the term gina and we started joking, playing around with it, just me and him. And only me and him knew about the term. And I said, one day I'm gonna write a song about it because you know, we would always joke around like we're you know with the wives, and we would say, Man, it's China shit. <laughs> and they didn't know what we was talking about. And they were like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> so I said, one day we'll make a song about it. And um, there it is, man. I made a song about it. You know, I just called it Gina. Said I'm take it, take it to take it to the stage, take it to the mic. So that's that's the that's the backstory of Gina. Got it, got it. I mean, it didn't take long for me to get what it what it was, but 
it's the hook. The hook was throwing me off a little bit because he was like, I'm not a giant, I'm not a giant, but damn, she fine. Damn, she fine, you know? And then when I got to the end of it, I was like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. You know what I mean? So I just wanted to know, like, is this like a term that y'all would say back in your neighborhood, you know? But it's cool <laughs> to hear that backstory. Now, yes, um, I know it's, you know, for the last year, we've been pretty much in the pandemic and, you know, a lot of artists haven't gotten the chance to tour. Um, what are y'all, what are you guys, like, what are y'all plans as far as this record in terms of getting it out there despite not being able to physically tour? Are y'all trying to do like any type of live streaming tours or, you know, um, or, you know, any other ways of promotion that y'all have in mind? Me go for that stack so you got that. yeah it's not, it's not like you're the mark you were you're the marketer so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean you know right now yeah i'm sorry um you know right now you know we want to we definitely want to get you know some video footage out there um and get some visuals in front of people because i think that was the the intention of doing a vibe out you know the whole goal was we wanted to make sure that we did a video we wanted to place a visual of who big stacks at nighttime were because i think sometimes people have a hard time you know, um, kind of understanding a group when they don't see them. So I think this was, it was necessary for us to put out some visuals. Um, but I guess to answer your question, you know, I know that, you know, we kind of talk and kind of go back and forth about possibly maybe doing some, uh, some virtual, virtual shows and, uh, you know, doing some things like that. Um, I got to kind of poke the bear over there a little bit and, uh, and kind of see if he wants to do it. So, um, that's the goal, man. But, uh, Definitely more videos. You know, we got a video. We're gonna do make it happen. Probably you'll probably be the next video. Okay. Um, you know, and um, but yeah, we'll definitely see about some you know, doing some virtual things. Uh I think I might be able to poke the bear over there in Philadelphia and we might be able to we might be able to make that happen, man, possibly. Indeed, indeed. That would that would be dope. I, I'm glad that you said videos because you did make a very valid point. There's not a lot of stuff out there where you got we get to see y'all visually. So that will really help. Uh, so I'm glad you mentioned that. I didn't even think about that. So moving on to another question. And this actually is relation to the song, Make It Happen, uh, which generally has a message of like overcoming challenges to achieve goals. And on the first verse, Nighttime, you have a line that was a bit intriguing to me where you say, I got to take you from a level of pissed to a level of crap. And I mean, you say some things before that, but that line, I kind of wanted you to break down for me. Like, tell me why you chose to use those words going from pissed to crap and what the words symbolize, you know, going from one level to another. Yeah, basically it's, it's kind of talk. The song is about a person that, talks about making it happen, but they're not doing anything, right? So it's all, it's kind of like a, an individual who says, Hey, you, you need to do this. You need to do that. But they don't, they don't manifest any of that, you know? So that's why, you know, um, you know, that, that particular verse is like, okay, well, you're, you know, I'm taking you from a level of piss. So you're, you're basically pissed. So really you're crap. You know what I'm saying? So like, you're, 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 you're lower than piss. You know, um, so that that was really kind of the backdrop of what I meant by that. Um, 
really you're not doing anything you're not really manifesting anything that you're that you're trying to that you're trying to talk to us about you know you're not you ain't pretty tony right you know you're not you know you're trying to give us game but you know you don't really have you don't have the manuscript you don't have the the notes to to really giving anybody the game mm. so you know so that's really what that song is about and that's really what those uh, what those lines mean dope dope i thought it was the other way around but it actually it like actually makes sense how you describe it now yeah mm -hmm. man one thing about me i'm a lyric head so i i tap in a little bit and i'm like yo i wonder what that mean you know it just it just does something for me when i'm able to understand a little bit further what the artist meant now no um also on that song you you have another line where you say you gotta let the skills flow like a number two pencil never leave passion in limbo sounds kind of simple but the hard part is freaking distractions so dig deep down and make it happen so let's talk about that hard part right because you touch a, a very important subject how does someone overcome the distraction that gets in the way of them pursuing their passion based on your perspective first off i gotta say krill you dope my man <laughs> I love how you break. I'm listening to you say my say my lyrics. So like, oh, I think I might start shedding a tear. <laughs> but no, for real. Um, I think in order to you know overcome distractions, um, I think you have to kind of look at your life, look at where you are in your life, and say, okay, where am I trying to go? Um, where am I trying to you know? What's the next phase? Um, you know, especially as a man, right? You know, you know, we're judged on our production, right? So that that's really what it's about okay you know like in my case you know i have a daughter my daughter is you know my daughter's 14 years old you know i saw my daughter born into the world so when i saw her what am i going to do what's the move you know what am i going to leave for her um so really that's kind of what it's about you have to look at your priorities and understand okay where am i trying to go what's the next step what's the next phase um so that's really what it's all about um you know manning up being a man owning your responsibilities um and and being about it you know so that's that's really what that's all about well said man i could definitely respect that so moving on to another song from the album which is probably my favorite song on the album it's called heavy on my mind and it i really like it just for the fact that the emotion of the song is so deep and the melody sounds so good. So for those that may not know, it's a song that kind of expresses some of the challenges we've been facing within the last year with regards to the pandemic, as well as like the ongoing oppression and racial injustice that black people have had to deal with up until this point. How'd you guys come up with the message for the song? Did it happen, Was did the instrumental dictate the direction y'all were going the message or was this something y'all were planning even before the production like any of y'all can answer this one well i'll say for me man um you know when stacks he'll send over he'll send over a track right and the beautiful thing about the tracks that he that stacks sends to me is that it moves an emotion in me you know, it's like in my head, I already know kind of what direction I want to go in. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that that specific track, 
I was like, man, it, it, it brings out some kind of emotion in me that's kind of a deep, deep emotion. And whatever, whatever I rhyme about on this, it has to be about something, um, you know, something of substance, right? And when I heard that track, immediately I was like, man, this is like, it, it reminds me of something that's heavy on my mind, something that I think about. Mm. And, and that's kind of where that derived from. And, you know, when we wrote this, or actually when, I, when we came up with this, uh, this concept, you figure we were right in the heart of COVID. Um, you know, COVID was 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 fresh and new. Um, you know, we start seeing, you know, I start seeing, you know, black African American communities being hit the hardest with it. And it just triggered something to me. And I wanted to, I wanted to write about that and um and, and talk and touch touch on some of the challenges that we were having that we're still facing, you know, but specifically around that time that we were kind of dealing with. And I wanted to, you know, inject that into that particular song. And um, that, that's kind of how that derived. But also, I think Stax wants to talk about that hook. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, like, the whoever is singing on the hook, like, did an amazing job. Like, big ups. Who's, who sang on the hook? Speak on that. That's me, bro. <laughs> yeah, I sing, too. I, forgot, I left that out. I forgot I sing, too. Yo, you yeah. did your thing, man. I figured it might have been one of y'all, but you know, cause you know, you read the credits and there's another dude rapping. I think his name is Grays or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he does a good job too, but I'm like, if he's rapping, it can't be him singing, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, talk about that Stax. Like, how did you come up with the the hook? Like the hook is like perfect for the, the beat. Well, it's funny actually. I had directions from 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 uh, nighttime originally. Hey, um, once you know, kind of put some vocals in there, maybe like something from records, like or, or some kind of kind of um, statement or something like that. But and I tried that initially, but just hearing the his lyrics, him and Gray's the lyrics took me to a place of pain, and so I wanted to express that on the hook, like the anguish involved and the frustration, and I couldn't find that with vocal samples. Like, yeah, that. So I just I just you know rolled the dice and sung it like it it, it needs vocals it needs some pain and 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 fortunately it worked out but that's what that's what brought that about. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Like it it just comes together really well, and I think it was one of the reasons. You know, you have like certain albums, and there's like one or two tracks that just really stand out to you, and it it keeps bringing you back to the project. Like, that was the song that did it for me. Like, I listened to the project the first time. I, I liked what I heard. And then I listened to it again. But I kept hearing that record. And that record kept bringing me back to the album as a whole. So, um, like, big ups for, for that, that record. I, I, hopefully, that's one of y'all videos that y'all come with. And we can hear. We can actually see some visuals of Stack singing, too. No <laughs> <laughs> yep. doubt. Dope, dope. So, um, you also have a line on that song, Nighttime, where you say, um, the pejorative is coming, peeped addiction, suspicion of my youth. I felt the friction of my skin, malediction of evil serpents. Hold on, let me get it right. Let me get it right. I, 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 I'm a little off with it. Hold on. Yeah, I'm going to say that the right way again. So nighttime on that song, you got a line where you say the pejorative is coming, peeped addiction, suspicion of my youth. 
I felt the friction of my skin, a malediction of evil serpents as twisted and crazy vicious. My whole life, they hated my existence. The racism system is not intuitive, but more impunitive. And you go on to say some other stuff, but I'll stop there. You in a pocket right there. You know what I mean? Lyrically, you're in a pocket, but you're saying some really deep stuff. Give me a brief explanation of what you meant or what you were going for, you know, to try to convey in those lines. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, what I was thinking about a lot was in that particular in that particular rhyme. Obviously, we know all of the things that are going on, you know, in the world currently. But I mean, really, I mean, th these things have been happening to black people for since we've been here. Right. But where I, where I drew from that line was, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm born here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I know um, you had uh, did an interview with speech and speech. I think speech kind of touched on, you know, the uh, Milwaukee in terms of how segregated it is. You know, it's um, it's one of the most segregated cities in the country, if not number one. I think it's been ranked number one a few times. Um, so growing up, I grew up in the 220 system here in Milwaukee where I was bused from the city, bused out to the suburbs. Right. So I went to, you know, predominantly white schools. So, I, you know, I faced a lot of, you know, racism and, you know, you know, people making fun of you and, you know, the way you talk, you know, you don't sound like we sound here. Um, so it, that verse brought me back to all of those, all of those times, you know, the pejorative is coming, peep addiction, suspicion of my youth, you know, you know, a, a malediction, you know, so like, they just don't want to see it. Right. You know, um, you know, all of the, all of the challenges that they, you know, that they throw up at us, we find a way to jump over that, over that hurdle. And then it's another hurdle that we have to, you know, that we have to jump over again. Um, so it's really just saying, you know what, uh, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, I don't want, I don't, I don't need their valid, you know, their validation. Um, they're going to continue doing what they do. We just have to make sure that we continue doing what we do. And at some point we, you know, we'll, we'll get to where we need to get to. So yeah, definitely I, I could, I could tell that there was a lot of emotions on this track. Like you were really pulling from a place of, of pain, you know, so. I always appreciate when artists kind of display that, right? Because it, it shows how human you are. And it's also a, a level of real relatability for those who have actually been through it. But I, I, I'm that's uh, interesting that you mentioned that because, yeah, speech did talk about that, you know, coming from Milwaukee and, and how that it's like that. So uh, I appreciate, you know, you bringing that up. So... I want to pass the mic back to Big Stacks for the next question. The beats on the album come together really well. Like, there's a lot happening, but it, to me, it just fits. Was there a particular formula that um, you went about in, you know, creating the beats for the album? Like, how did you know when each beat had just enough instrumentation for it to be complete? Wow, great question. Uh, I kind of never know because <laughs> I'm kind of perfectionistic. So I just, you know, I kind of, I kind of stop myself to be honest with you because I could probably keep going. But I really try to. It's really about the lyrics. Once I get the what the usual process is, I send nighttime to track. He writes to it. He'll send the vocals back. I, I drop those into kind of a skeleton of, of which probably most of the track. 
But then once I hear the lyrics, sometimes I put in other sweeteners to kind of enhance what he's doing. So it's really that. Once I hear the the lyrics on there and then I, I kind of hear where there might be some holes musically, I'll, I'll plug those up with other parts, more instrumentation, maybe some cuts or something. And that's really when I know it's complete when it when it when it kind of when it kind of gels with his lyrics. So it's really that trying to make it sound like a complete song and, and fill up the fill up the empty spot, so to speak. Got it. Got it. Well said. Um, it, it's good to kind of know the process, you know, because I know sometimes as a producer, you may have those moments where you feel a little stuck. So um, that's good to know, you know, how you were able to work that out. Now, when it comes to the samples on the album, how much of the music included chops versus loops? Um, like, I got to I gotta say, I haven't listened, like, keenly enough to be like, okay, he did loops on this. or But just as a producer, like, how much of it, like, did you, did you kind of find a flow with that, with chops or loops? Like, what, what, was, what was speaking to you most on the project? It's funny you asked that. Nighttime and I had a conversation about that. I, I was actually playing him a lot of the stuff, and I, I think I shocked him too. I can only count maybe, what do we say, three or four just loops. Right? Everything is pretty much chopped up. Even, even horn lines, all that stuff, all, stuff, all those are chops. So the chop game is serious. I don't think people realize you can chop and, and make it sound you know, cohesive. It doesn't have to sound choppy and stilted. Like, like for a good example would be my eyes, like the horn line, bass line, that's chops. Doesn't sound like it. Dope. Or vibe out, those are all chops. All those all those little pieces or satin, those are chops. And then bass line played over. So now I'd say 99% of the album, the samples are chops. Dope. Are you, I, is it safe to say that you're a chop guy versus being a loop guy? Like you just prefer to chop either way? Dope. Yeah, it gives you more control. I, I, cause I, it actually is a tip to the to the the the, the up and coming producers. You're freer when you chop because I, I literally search now sampling wise for sounds versus the sample itself. Like like I, I'll sample for like good example. Um, live your life. I want a guitar. Well, I don't play guitar, but I can chop up a wah wah guitar, a rhythm set, a rhythm guitar, and it gives it that continuity, like like a kind of like a seventies dance track. It's got that got that movement. But you, when you can chop, you can pick instruments that fit your arrangement and play what you want it to play. So that's why I love chopping. I was going to ask you, like, do you do your drums first or do you do your drums after you do the chops? Like, do you play your drums first and then try to do the chops to match the drums? Like, how, do, how does that work? Or is it the other way around? Great question. I, I tend to be melody and bass line first, and then I make the drums fit that. So... So, for example, the drums for I wouldn't use the kind of drums I use in China on on nostalgia because it's a harder song. So I, I tend to make the drums fit the music, so they so they it's it's cohesive. Dope, dope, dope. You know I had to get it in, man. I had to get my producer mm -hmm. questions in there for you, brother. And yeah. I got a couple more. Um, so yeah, let's jump. Let's jump to another another question. Before I do that, let me just take a moment just to tell all of our listeners right there, man, if y'all are tuning in via our audio podcast, make sure to hit that follow button. If Spotify is where you like listening, make sure you hit that follow button so you could get updated uh, when we do a new show. As I said, every Friday we do a new episode. And also remember to go visit us on our website at uh, outtheboxmedia.com. 
right? Um, and like I said earlier, man, our podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast. So yeah, I just wanted to get that out there for the listeners, brothers. So um, this project, man, I gotta say, the title really fits the vibe. <laughs> you know, it's it's the vibe out. Like, was that something that did y'all come up with the title? Before y'all started making the album, or did it just come out after seeing the vibe of the album? Yeah, I mean the the title man was something I came up with because you know Stax had finished his album up, uh, the Never Favorite Project, and he was ready to you know rock and roll with our project. And I was like, man, you know, let me let me let me go back a little bit. On his, on the Never Favorite Project, I actually did a feature on there on his old heads, a joint called Old Heads. And that was actually the first time I had did, I had actually rhymed for, man, for a minute, okay? So when it was time for us to do our project and he had provided, you know, several tracks for me, I was like, man, we vibing, man. We just vibing out, man. Man, we need to call this the, we just call this the vibe out. You know what? I think the first song we should make the first song called "The Vibe Out," and that's kind of really just how it came about with the title. Yeah, I really like the first song too, man. Y'all really just kind of hit it with that, you know. Um, like it's funny because like it's one of those songs that it starts off the album, and you don't even realize like that it's the first song because it just kind of just flows, you know, right in. And then when you go back, like when I went back and I listened to it again. I was like, oh, it, it kind of like sets the tone for what's to come, like the sound that you're going to get to hear, you know. So I, th I thought that was dope that y'all strategically placed it as the first official song. You know, um, it definitely worked for the, the body of the project. So, Thanks. yeah, no problem. So I wanted to ask you about, there's another track on there which, you really, really go in um, nighttime on, and it's called Deeper Connection, featuring Joya. It's a song that I believe is about, like, finding good chemistry with a significant other or partner that you might be courting. And either of you can answer this question, but from your experience, I guess we'll start with nighttime, being that you're, you're the, you're the, you did the lyrics. Um, but from your experience, how does one find their deeper connect like what are some characteristics in dating or in a relationship that would reveal the deeper connect is actually there that is present well you know obviously as a as a man you want to be physically attracted to someone but i think aside from just that you know when you meet them there's like a, a chemistry that you have a conversation um, you know, you start seeing, you know, certain things that line up in terms of, you know, where they want to go, you know, in terms of maybe a career path. Um, and sometimes you have a deeper connection just because you guys just vibe. I mean, there's just a chemistry that you just have, you know, they like your jokes. Um, you like how they smell. Um, they're easy to talk to. Um, they're transparent. Um, a lot of things just line up in terms of just, you know, you, you start seeing wifey things. Um, and then from there, you know, you go out on another date, you continue to date. And before you know it, you know, you're in a serious committed relationship. So, um, you know, it's just a lot of different things. I think, you know, as a man, you know, for me, at least, I think 
I want I want it to be with somebody and you know I have my deeper connection my deep connection I've been with mine for 11 years so that's my 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 DC um but the kind of person that she, you know the kind of person that she was you know what I mean in terms of just being classy the way she carried herself the way she conducted herself um I was just attracted to to you know to her femininity and um you know you know from there it was just you know, it, it was it was a no brainer. So I think in terms of having that DC in the song that I wrote, I could I I visualize you know like my wife when I first met her when she walked through the room and you know I started to you know start to get to know her and I started talking to her and I started to see that she had more that she had other levels to her uh, uh, you know aside from just the physical levels. So um, I think that's how you know you start to process that DC that deeper connection. Let me ask you, brother. Did um, how'd your wife feel about the song? Did she um, did she give you like, good job, <laughs> wonderful? <laughs> yeah, that's dope. She, yeah, she loves the song, man. That's actually one of her, one of her favorite songs on the album. Dope, dope. I'm glad that you guys were able to do the Gina song, but also do this song. <laughs> like you showed the other, the other side of it. You know, like the grown man. You know, you know the elevation, like. I appreciate that, you know. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to ask that, man. Um, it's do dope record, um, and I could see that it was more of like a sentimental record, and I like how y'all used the like the DC kind of like the acronym to to represent it, man. You wanna you wanna share your thoughts on that, Big Stacks? Like, let I, let's talk about the production of that track. Like, um, what like what what inspired the direction that you took the production of that track? Weirdly enough, you know, you know what inspired, you know what kind of led that track off. It, it's it's the guitar chops. It, it, it something was funky about those guitar chops, and I ended up building everything around that. So you know that little peak, and you know that kind of inspired it to me. I said something was something about that, and then I found the string parts to kind of round it out, and I added some bass line to it. But it's I just thought it was a nice groove I, I, because. One thing I'll say musically, you know, my preference, I tend to like melodic kind of pretty music, which is weird being a B-boy, but I do. I like pretty music, man. So so that appealed to me. It had a melodic kind of tone to it. And so that, that's what made me go with it. It's not your typical hip hop song either, but I, I like melody. So it's really the guitar chops and I build everything else around it. And and, and Knight just laced it lovely. I mean, beautiful, you know. Uh, writing over it now. I, I, that's one of my favorite tracks on the song. I mean, on the album. But uh, yeah, it was really just trying to make a beautiful song. I mean, I, I just it, I just heard something. I don't know what I heard, but I just uh, and it's amazing that little guitar part kind of did, was the, was the spark for everything else, dope, dope. and it's kind of built around it. Dope, dope. Now the album has a few features on there. Not on every track, but there's features here and there. But one of the most prominent features on the album is Brother Curious. And I thought it was dope that y'all were able to have him on the album. Talk to me about how that collabo came together and like how far back y'all go with Curious. Like, give me some um the connection, how the connection came to be. Well, he's one of my IG followers, and and, I, and I've always been of the mind that you know, you never know what can happen. Be crazy enough to ask for something, and you might get it. And so I just reached out to him. Hey, we need a feature. We had a few fall through. 
that we had planned initially. And I'm like, well, you know, I kind of vibed with him. He's, he's commented on some videos and things I've done. Let me reach out to him. And he said yes. And and his and just for those that might want to work with him in the future, he turned it around in like three days. So that's dope. That's yeah. dope. Like what? Shout shouts. Big up to curious man. I'm curious to know like what um what motivated you to go with him? Like you know, I'm sure there were like you said there were other there were some other names. But when you decide, I know for me. Like when I decide to interview someone, there's a connection I have, right? And I'm like, okay, that makes sense for what I do, right? Like what was the deciding factor for you to even reach out to him? Because I'm sure you had to have been satisfied in your mind first before you even reached out. Oh, because oh, he's nasty. I mean, just lyrically, that, that was easy. I mean, I was a fan back in the day. So, I mean, you know, it's... And then I heard, you know, recent stuff he's doing. He's still spitting, you know, spitting fire bars. So it was a no-brainer to ask him. I mean, I, yeah, he, he was still still spitting that heat. So that was the choice. That's dope, man. Shout out to Curious, man. Curious Indeed. George, man. Original. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to ask about that, man, because, um, you know, there's other features on there, too. Like, I guess I'll do that. What's that that'll that be next. Like, how did y'all, um, you know, choose the other features where these people like y'all were cool with or were y'all kind of going after them the same way that you did with curious like familiar with um them through like social media and so forth well you know i'll, I'll say you know like with a uh, heavy in my mind we was talking about that song earlier um that was an ig connection um gray's uh the cat that's on that album <clears throat> excuse me he's from cali and I saw, you know, and I think we were kind of talking about, you know, some of the young dudes who, you know, I like, you know, in, in hip hop right now. And he was one of those young dudes that I like. Um, I saw some stuff that he was doing um, on IG. And I'm like, man, this dude is ripping it up. And I reached out to him and real cool brother, man. He, um, you know, came back, took him probably a few days to, to ink it and he sent it back and the rest was history. Um, I know both of us have a relationship with Half Free um, on the going in joint, the one that Curious is on. Um, and I had asked Half Free to be a part of that project um, as well. And then uh, Stax had the relationship with Joy. I'll let Stax maybe touch on that. Um, but Joy is amazing. Yeah, it was mainly the like, same thing, kind of, kind of vibe to some of my instrumental videos, kind of. You talked about some production and things like that, but just kind of, kind of, you know, kind of commented on some things. And so there was a little rapport. So again, I kind of threw the hail Mary and asked, you know, I'm one of those weirdos. That, I was that way when I was out, out there, out there in the game, I, I just walk up to women, you know, I was, I was that guy. So I don't mind just walking up to people and making requests. You know, I, I was that dude that, Hey, shoot me down. Didn't hurt. And see a lot of time people self handicapped by not, yeah. making that attempt so I, I would strongly suggest to people out there for for like 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 budding artists reach out to some of those people you look up to they might say yes and and you guys could work out the business and they could work with you so don't 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 self-handicap by talking yourself out of it try it just ask you know that's such a great point and i, I want to say that's one of the reasons i've been able to move forward and also sustain out the box over you know, past a decade now is just keep 
keeping pushing, right? Like the worst that you could get is a no or the, you know, or sometimes you might just not get a response, but, um, that ambition is definitely what keeps you going. And over time you build your, your, uh, your track record, right? You build, you know, your, your track list or your, you know, the guests that could kind of vouch for you. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's a very, um, uh, good thing to note because, you know, you never know. You never know. It might just be that one artist that you don't think and it works out. So that's a great point. So another favorite song of mine on the album is called Rhymes. And I got to say, I love how y'all both rip the lyrics on the song because y'all are like giving it up to the like lyrical pioneers of hip hop. It's just an official record like that. When you look at hip hop in terms of the vast underground today, and this is like a follow up to what we you guys were talking about earlier. Um, so when you look at hip hop in terms of the vast underground today, I would say the mainstream, but that'd be too easy. But when you think about the vast underground or the vast independent hip hop scene, do you feel like hip hop is elevated? or at least stayed on the same level lyrically like it was before in the 90s golden era? Like, how do y'all feel about hip-hop today, particularly in the underground or the independent scene? Hmm. You want to go ahead? I think I'll wait on that one. I'll let you start. (laughs) Well, I'll say for me personally, I think I used to have the mindset of, Man, these dudes is trash. They whack. Um, you know, um, you know they you know, they can't spit anymore. But I think what I started to do is the world is a big place, right? You know, it's a huge place. There's a lot of dudes, man, out here who got bars, man. I mean, it's a lot of dudes out here that rhyme. There's a lot of dudes out here who have appreciation for the culture, and they have an appreciation to advance the culture. And I had an opportunity to see that when I kind of when I started to kind of like see some of these young dudes, I was you know talking about grades and, you know, it's a young dude in his 20s, man. And he has an appreciation for the culture. Um, you know, I see, you know, you know, guys like Nick Grant, as I was you know, was kind of talking to you about earlier. These dudes have an appreciation for the culture. Joey Badass appreciation for the culture. Um, and there's a lot of other other dudes, too, man, who are necessarily like, you know, famous, but they have an appreciation for the culture. So if you take it, if you look, if you don't look at the radio and you really look at it in a bigger scale, there's a lot of dudes who have bars. And I think, I think the lyrical content has gotten, in my opinion, has gotten more complex in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there is, there is a, there is a bucket for trash, but there also is a bucket for guys who have elevated the lyrical the lyrical content who are stepping it up and who really want to make you kind of like do your homework and get your pen game right. Got it. Got it. Well said. Now, when you say complex, you would you say that's a good thing versus, you know, simplistic? Like, like how I would, I don't want to go out and say complex is better, but is mm-hmm. complex an elevation of the what lyrical say, I'm sorry. growth? No, is I was gonna say is complex an elevation of the lyrical growth that has gotten more complex, as you say. 
I think the complexity has has helped in some regards, but just because you're complex doesn't mean you're dope either. Also, so I want to make it clear: complexity and doesn't always make it, you know, because you, your cadence could be trash. You know, you could just be saying a bunch of stuff, and it's like, okay, that was that was boring. It was complex, but this dude said something that was a little bit more simplistic. But I mean, the the flavor, the vibe, and the the way in which he delivered it was just better than yours. And then the, the dope, you know, the voice inflection may have been better. So there's a lot of different components to it. Um, I guess when I say complexity, I'm just saying that, you know, there are some guys who, who, who are dope. They had the delivery. They have all of that and the complexity levels as well. So maybe that's what I meant. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. You know, this is a topic that, you know, there's struggles with, right? You know, some people, like I'll say for myself, even though I grew up in the 90s and I was tapped into hip-hop in the 90s, hip-hop really started to make a huge impact on me around 2004, 2005. And for somebody who grows up in the golden era, it's like you can't match it up. Like people that came up on Rakim and, and KRS and I mean, I have profound respect for the pioneers. Um, to this day, like KRS is one of my favorites, but my love for hip hop just got elevated like in 2004. And my bias, I'm, I'm, I might be a little bit biased because that's when I became more studious. You know, I started doing college radio in like 2002, 2003. And that's when this whole journalist thing started to turn around. So I became more studious and I became more, I, I started seeking the music out more. So it opened me up to more and it got me more excited. So I know that not everybody has that vantage point. But, um, you know, I, I struggle sometimes with this question because um, I know that Really, it's not you can really can't compare the Rakim KRS era to what we're experiencing now, but I do still feel like there's a lot of dopeness out. And I don't know if it's because I'm so tapped into what's happening in the underground or in the independent scene. Like I'm literally checking for new music. I wouldn't have known about y'all if I didn't if I wasn't this tapped in. So um I don't know. I, I'm I I wanted to know, like, how y'all feel about that. Can y'all see, are y'all able to see both sides now because you guys come from that era, but you guys are still artists now, marketing in this time? Like, does that make sense? Oh, perfectly. I, I'd say the main, I guess the main difference to me in this era versus, you know, back in the day is that I guess I would say, and I don't know if this is going to, I hope it doesn't come across negative, but there's, there's less of a filter now. So more gets to, more artists get to come into the game. And so with that, you get this illusion that, oh, there's so much worse stuff out there. No, that stuff probably existed in the golden era too. It just didn't get signed and you didn't hear it. See, now someone can put it out themselves. And so the one difference I'd say now is that there's more variation. Right? So, you know, you have, you know, you can go from garbage to amazing <laughs> an underground scene. And, and the idea is what you're saying, Krills, is being tapped into what's amazing. And there's a lot of amazing hip hop and the underground out there, but there's some trash you gotta filter through too. So, 
and there's more of it because like i say anyone can do it out of the bedroom has an internet connection and a few bucks can put out an album but <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff out there and i, and I wouldn't let that cloud or bias the judgment yeah so i think it has elevated and i think that the the lineage you're talking about i think helps us in terms of navigating even this phase because we come from the era when skills matter i mean that's really our bottom line i'd say as a group is that we're about the skills and the talent and it's not about gimmicks and tricks it, it's make make good music and the people will come to it it's kind of like um mo better blues you play the music people want to hear and the people will come like shadow said i could dig it and, and I, i'm glad you said you spoke about the filter like i feel like back then there was like limited how you say limited outlets that you can go to to get music you know i mean i grew up in an era where you know i was still i still had to listen to radio terrestrial radio to be able to find certain records and make sure i go back you know like if it was playing monday night i'd have to go back to the show the next monday and hope that they played it and have my cassette ready to record the <laughs> the track to be able to listen to it on my own again. Um, and I felt like things were filtered a little bit more, um, like, you know, the variety was definitely there a lot more than it is. And nowadays, like, it's just everywhere. Like, as we're talking right now, somebody is uploading a new song to one of the streaming platforms. You know what I mean? Like, it's happening so frequently. So it's so much more to filter, you know? But so, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you on that, Big Stacks. Yeah, I just wanted to get that question out, man, because I'm always curious to find a way of how we bridge the gap. You know, like, how do we bridge the gap? Not for the whackness, but for the dopeness. So how do we, how do we see, how do we, how does the both eras recognize the dopeness of both eras? So that we could continue to keep this hip-hop thing moving, you know, in the, in the, in the right direction. So, indeed, indeed. So um, thank y'all for entertaining that that question um so let me see my next question and i appreciate y'all staying i know we about an hour over so um i appreciate y'all appreciate y'all staying a little bit longer so this next question is for you nighttime the third verse on the song my eyes sounds like it's a dedication to your daughter you know, kind of given your wisdom that you've acquired throughout the years, you kind of speak on that in the in the previous verses. How has your struggle of the past inspired you to create or encouraged a better outcome for your your daughter's future or your child's future? Man, honestly, it's just, you know, I've been able to, you know, look at all of the things that I didn't want for my child. You know, I think, you know, if you look at you know, like the second verse, you know, my father wasn't involved in my upbringing. You know, he didn't play a part, um, you know, it, it, which is unfortunate because you have so many, you know, black children who grow up fatherless and they don't have a dedicated, you know, dedicated father in a home. So, you know, I was one of those, you know, kids that didn't have that, you know, moms did everything right. So for me, it was important for me when I you know, had a child or children, I wanted to make sure that I was a present father. And I wanted to make sure that I was doing the necessary things that it took for my daughter to have all of the advantages that I didn't have. And it's, uh, it's paid dividends for me. So, you know, that's, that's really it, man. Just, you know, looking at my upbringing and saying, Hey, I don't, 
I don't want my my kid ever going through any of the struggles that I had. Obviously, you have to give them some challenges and you don't want them to you know, to get handouts. But at the same time, you want to make sure that, you know, as a father, that you're giving your kid a roadmap, you know, to success. And, you know, you're giving them some wisdom, you know, so they can at least, you know, cut out certain steps that, you know, that they don't have to travel um, that I did. So just giving her that wisdom. Well said, brother. Well said. So on the other song that this is probably one of the last songs I, I, I referenced on the album um, is called Nostalgia. And let me just say, like, My Eyes is a really dope record, too, man. Like, there's some just records on this project that really just hits. And I think, like, you do an awesome job with the lyrics, Nighttime. But if I could be a little bit biased, I think the production really makes this project come together. You know what I mean? Like, um, and just the chemistry that y'all have, it just works. You know, let me ask y'all, how long have y'all been working together? It's like, and you might have said this earlier, so I forgot. But, you know, um, I know 2017 is when y'all released the first project y'all had. But, like, did you, do y'all feel like y'all chemistry have gotten better since um, the Balance of Power in 2017? Oh, absolutely! I don't know, Stacks. You want to take that, or? Oh, I'm just, I'm just agree. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, a lot better. Dope, dope, dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could, I could definitely tell that you guys are, are able to really mesh well. You know, and Stacks knows exactly when to come in with the lyrics and what, what tracks, man. But it's definitely your show. I recognize that nighttime, and like I said, you definitely do a wonderful job. But overall, like, what's memorable about this album is like the the production and and what's dope too about the production is that it um it has a sound that even though there's a lot of people doing that boom bap sound today it sounds vintage like it sounds like it it, it could have been made in the early 90s you know what i'm saying like this particular record so um it, it's dope that y'all were able to capture that magic now all right so getting back to uh the song nostalgia you have a line on there, Nighttime, where you reference the Honorable Marcus uh, Marcus Garvey, where you say, um, the Marcus Garvey words is quite amazing and body confidence. You won before you started was his conversation. Um, how does one develop the mindset? Just to deal with that, that line, how does one develop the mindset to be a winner even before they start that race? Like, that's, that's a mindset, right, to to win before you start, you know? Um, and it's, it, to me, it speaks to, like, um, knowing yourself and knowing what you're made of. Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, man, I think a lot of times, you know, it, it's, a, it's a process, right? So, you know, I think it's about, you know, mentorships. It's about who you hang around. Um, it's about what you read. It's about what you choose to, you know, really put in your mind. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a thing that you have to really develop. Um, you know, sometimes you may not, you may come from a situation where you have nothing, but you envision winning, you know, you envision, you know, crossing, you know, crossing the finish line and getting to where you want to get to, you know, and I know I bear witness that in my life. So, um, I think it's just, you know, it's a, it's an internal thing. 
But at the same time, you have people along the way who help to, you know, to help shape some of those things and and, and good mentorships. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. When when you think about the different subject matters that's discussed on the album, it it's really well-rounded. You know, you guys are talking about everything from relationships to, you know, challenges that, you know, black people have faced, the pandemic, you know, you're talking about, you know, what's happening now. Like, was that your, was that the aim initially to just tap into a number of different topics that relate to like real life with the vibe out? Absolutely. I think for me, man, growing up, you know, my favorite albums were albums that had content. You know, obviously, you know, you had, you know, your spitters and cats that had like great all the punchlines or what have you. But my favorite projects were those conceptual albums, you know, like, you know, P-Rock and CL Smooth, um, you know, a lot of the main ingredient, you know, um, the Tribe albums. You know, they were, you know, they had like that symmetry to them. You know, there was topics that they had and, you know, it had that balance to them. So those are always my favorite albums, De La Soul, you know, those kind of projects where there was, you know, you talked a little bit about uh, maybe, you know, things that are going on. You may reference, you know, giving back to the hip hop culture. You may touch on, you know, just having a good time. So um, I think with this particular album, we wanted to make sure that, you know, we gave you a little bit of everything, you know, your breakfast, your dinner, your lunch, just a little bit of a little bit of everything and kind of hit, you know, various topics for the listeners. So and I feel like we accomplished that with this album. Yeah, I definitely think y'all did, too. And it, it, and it's not like over the top. It's not preachy. It's it's just I won't say it's subtle, but it, it, it fits the whole like the theme, the vibe out. Right. Like less there's different things that you you vibe out to or you reflect on throughout the actual project. So I want to big y'all up for, you know, taking the time with me tonight, man. I really appreciate y'all, you know, kicking it with me for a little over an hour to talk about the album. Before we go, I want to ask, like, what is next in store for y'all? Like, I feel like there's a lot more to come in terms of people getting to know who Nighttime and Big Stacks is. And I know you guys have the videos coming up, but is it too early to say that there is, there'll be another project coming or are there like even individual things that you guys are working on that people could possibly check for? Hmm, good question. <laughs> well, um, let's see. Well, yeah, this stuff coming on the pike. I, I'm doing a follow-up to Never Favored. Probably I'll start on that probably, who knows, probably soon. But then, of course, there's, there's more coming. We've already talked about doing a follow-up to this, uh, to the Vibe Out. So, oh, yeah, there's more coming. Absolutely. Just stay tuned. We're going to keep, you know, rocking as long as y'all come check for us. Y'all got any plans to do, like, any remixes and get a couple, get some other features, you know, like, uh, that would be dope, but I mean, I definitely want to see the um, the the videos, man. I'm gonna be looking for those, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. What about yes, you, sir. Nighttime? Are you are you are you like doing features? Are you on other people's tracks, or like, is there anything else you want to share in regards to your music endeavors? 
Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, to Stax's point, you know, we definitely discussed doing a, you know, a follow-up project. Um, I know that I mean, half breed, uh, he has a, a single that's going to be coming out. I'm not sure when he's going to drop it, but I know both Stax and myself are going to be featured on that project. Um, my man Kane out of Brooklyn, um, kind of like in your neck of the woods. Okay. okay. Um, um, <clears throat> he's a dope producer. I know he, uh, kind of reached out to me, discussed maybe doing a few songs and working together and doing some stuff. And I got my man, Ann Martin, who's, you know, who reached out to me and, you know, he's talking about, you know, we talked about possibly doing a song or two. So, uh, you know, stay tuned, but yeah, definitely me and Stax, we're going to come with, you know, come with a new, with a new follow-up. So hopefully we can uh, eclipse this one. Indeed. I could definitely see you making your rounds to nighttime. Like, you know, like, you know, you, you look on certain albums and you'd be like, Oh, there go, they go nighttime right there. You know what I mean? Like I could definitely see you making your rounds on the feature mode, you know? So I'm going to look for that, man. Indeed. indeed. So Most definitely. Yeah. Yes, man. Yes. So, I mean, if you guys had to kind of just leave the, the viewers and the listeners with some last words about this album, like what, for the person that hasn't heard this album yet, like what would you say to them in, in, in hopes of, you know, what you would like them to expect? Um, you know, for me, I, I just want them to to listen to classic hip hop um, and enjoy enjoy the ride. You know, um, you know, enjoy you know the content, um, the 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 beautiful production, um, just the symmetry to uh, you know between Stax and myself. Um, it's just a good, you know, we complement one another um, and just sit back and just en and enjoy you know, you know, what we've, what we put together. Um, and, you know, we feel like you can definitely enjoy and as well as, is learn something in the process. I could dig that. I could dig that. What about you stacks? I would say um, what you can expect to listen to or, or enjoy from the, the vibe out is that it's an album. I mean, you don't hear a lot of albums these days. A lot of people are making 12 singles. Like th this is an album. I mean, and it's meant to be a listen. I mean, so from start to finish, I mean, you got interludes, you got all this stuff in there. It's meant to take you for a ride and give you different looks and, and dimensions and keep you interested for an hour. So it's really designed to be an enjoyable album that's an experience to listen to. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, it's about like 15 tracks, right? Mm -hmm. So like, <laughs> it's actually an album in the true essence of an album, like not a, not a eight track, a project with like two minutes and one minutes of songs, you know, like, so um, I could respect that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. But I mean, you know, in the true essence of a, of a LP, it, it really represents that. Is there vinyl out for this project? Is that something you guys are working on or? I should have had the CD, I have CDs, but you CDs. know, the CDs here, but, but not albums, not LPs. Got it. Got it. Is that something you guys plan to do for this project? Well, not well. The problem is, is that the demand on those is not as strong as like the CDs and other stuff. So, so you you know you have to get a batch of a hundred and you sell ten or so. You know, or right, just some right. weird number. Because <laughs> you know, I'm a vinyl head too, but there's not a lot of us relative to the people that would get it. You know, digitally or even want a CD. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, you gotta be strategic nowadays with that because yeah, vinyls could be pretty expensive. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, brothers, thank y'all so much for the time. 
Uh, let the people know where they can find you. Maybe you want to give your social media pages and websites so that they could go, you know, find find out more about you and even get the album. Absolutely. You can find me on IG at uh, night underscore time. Yeah, come uh, come get that come get that vibe out album. Yeah, you can find me on IG at, at producer big stacks. Uh, and there's a link in, in, in the bio page on IG to get to the album. You can also find it under producer big stacks on Bandcamp, and you can find a link to the vibe out album there as well. Wonderful, wonderful. And to all of our listeners out there, make sure, again, y'all go to my website, outtheboxmedia.com. Everything is on that website. You'll see the links to our Patreon page, uh, as well as, um, you know, all of the updates that we put out. Like I said, we put out a new show every Friday, and it'll be on this YouTube channel. So make sure y'all subscribe to Out The Box TV if you haven't yet. Um, And just keep looking out for dope talent, man. Uh, shout out to my guest today, Big Stacks and Nighttime. That Vibe Out album, I'm going to still keep listening to it. Um, I think you guys, you know, hit it really well, man, at the top of the year. So, you know, um, I, 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 I'm I looking forward to more, certainly, from the music. Uh, but this is a good start. This is a good start for the year. So, um, again, man, I wish y'all all the best as you continue these music endeavors. Keep doing y'all thing. Don't stop. Hip-hop is not necessarily a young man's game, despite what they say. Keep putting out that music, because what matters is the quality, man. And, um, you know, till the next time, you know, I want to say to everyone out there, keep healthy, stay safe, stay focused, peace, love, and light, and we'll see you all next time. Thanks.